Well, thank you, uh, Pastor David, for that warm introduction. You guys may not know this, but I pay him very well to say good things about me. <laughs> I pay him very well. No, uh, Pastor, I appreciate you and uh, am so thankful to be back here in the wonderful state of Florida, the wonderful state of Florida. Can I tell you that I just love and appreciate your pastor? I think I think every church member should recognize and understand that pastors are a gift to the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah, they're a gift to the body of Christ. And you should always treat your gifts well. You should always treat your gifts well. So, Pastor, thank you so much for... For this invitation, I don't take this lightly. I have been looking so forward to to coming here and just spending time with you. I hope to get to know you and um, uh, get to take some pictures with you and and uh, just to share my life with you this weekend. My wife has released me to come, so I have her permission. Although you know it's Labor Day weekend, and uh, but she's released me and she said you better make this up to me when you come back home. <laughs> So I got you. I got you. So I'm feeling good tonight. I've had, I had some kimchi for dinner, and uh, so I'm ready. I'm ready. I just need the fullness of the Holy Spirit and some kimchi, and I'm good. <laughs> I'm good to go. So, um, so I'm just excited to be here, Pastor. Thank you again. Thank you again. Um, I want to start off this weekend um, sharing with you a survey that was done by Nielsen, which is a, a, a ratings company. And it's very interesting. This, this ratings company um, uh, says that in the United States, those of us who have cell phones, uh, that we now send and receive more text messages than, than phone calls. Than phone calls. Uh, how many of you in this room... Uh, send more messages than you do phone calls, right? Right. I know most young people would rather text than talk, you know. Um, and in one survey, they found that the typical U.S. mobile subscriber sends about 357 text messages per month compared to only placing uh, 204 calls. Um, this is This is amazing at how technology has changed the way that we communicate. Um, we communicate now with our fingers, right? Versus, versus our words. Fascinating, fascinating. I, I saw a telephone booth recently. Uh, and it's just, it just looked like a dinosaur. Uh, who, who does that anymore? I mean, who, who, who puts a quarter in a payphone? Uh, but but I, I will say, I, I was reminded as I was looking at that payphone booth that, that some can't afford cell phones. And so that's the only mode of communication that they have is to go to that payphone. But but technology has changed. I think about people who used to, that's all they did for work is repair those telephones. And now they don't have jobs anymore because those things are now outdated. And so I'm just um, uh, just amazed at how technology has changed our lives. And I got to thinking, um, what if Almighty God wanted to send to us a text message? What would he say? If Almighty God wanted to communicate with you in a text message, 
and it buzzed your phone, what would he say to us? Well, there are a couple of things I think God would say to us. In fact, I want to pull a few of them up on the screen. Number one, I think God would say to us, uh, maybe to some of us guys, let's meet at my house on Sunday before the game. Let's, let's, let's have a conversation at my house before football. Meet at my house, then you go watch the game. Maybe, maybe the Lord will say this. Maybe he'll say, we need to talk. It's time for you to pray a little bit more, right? What if uh, the Lord sends us a text message? He may, he, he may say something like this. He may say, Big Bang Theory, LOL. You've got to be kidding me, <laughs> right? Or he may say something like this. He may say, stop being mean to you-know-who and clean your room, right? To all you young people, he may say that. And then I got to thinking, what if God gave Moses the Ten Commandments text message style? You know, the, the Ten Commandments were written on two tablets, right? And uh, what if he gave the commandments to Moses text message style? What would those commandments look like? Well, the first commandment, the first commandment would look like this. No one before me, seriously. <laughs> right? Right? If he used, am, I, am I right? Come on now. All right. If he if he gave the text, if he gave the commandments to Moses, text message style, commandment number two would say this. Don't worship pics or idols. All right. Don't worship no graven images. Right. The third commandment would say this. No OMGs. OK. Don't take my name in vain. All right. No OMGs. All right. Commandment number four. No work on weekend. Saturday for now. Sunday later. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it what? Oh, okay, you know, you know the commandments, right? Commandment number six, commandment number six, parent over shoulder, okay, because your mom and dad are cool. Honor your father and mother. They're cool. Okay, you didn't get that one. Okay, all right, all right. Commandment number seven, commandment number seven, don't kill people. All right, all right, commandment six, commandment number seven, uh, sex only with your mate. Praise the Lord. Amen. Don't commit adultery. Commandment number eight. Commandment eight. Don't steal. Okay, it's easy. Don't steal. Commandment number nine. Don't lie, especially to your best friend. And then commandment number 10. Don't look at your best friend's mate or ox or donkey. Mind your own business. And so if God were to send us a text message, 10 commandment style, it would look like that. It would look like that. I'm convinced it would look like that. Family, can I suggest to you tonight that I believe, in fact, that God Almighty has indeed sent to us text messages. Call it the Bible. There are over 32,000 messages that Almighty God sent to us. And the question tonight is, have you read the text? Often my wife would say, did you get, did you get my text? I say, yeah. She'll say, did you read it? <laughs> Almighty God has given us the text. We call it the Bible. But the question becomes, have you read the text? We call this book the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. It is the basic instructions before 
leaving earth. And as we begin this revival this weekend, as we begin these meetings and these gatherings, I think it's so imperative for me to call our attention and that we rededicate ourselves to being committed to reading on a regular basis the text. Family, do you understand that this book is the primary way that God talks to and communicates to people in this day and age? Now, because we can't limit God, he is God, he's a big God, Uh, obviously, as we see in the Bible and in history, God speaks to people in many different ways. You read the Old Testament, you see that God uh, spoke through a donkey one time, and, and you see that he spoke to Moses in a cloud, in a fire. God is not limited in how he can speak. He speaks through prophets and preachers. He spoke through his son, Jesus. He he speaks through circumstances. Yes, young people, he speaks to your mother and he speaks through your father. I think God speaks through budgets. You can't afford it. I mean, he he just speaks in many different ways. But The primary way that he communicates to us in this day and age is through the B-I-B-L-E, the Bible. Now, what that simply means is this. If we're not reading the Bible, God's not talking to us. If this is the primary way that he talks to people and we neglect this book, we don't read this book, we don't engage in this book, we don't study in this book, you may be hearing voices, but it's probably not the voice of God. Because he speaks to us and communicates to us through the Bible. And for the life of me, I can't understand how we as Christians, we call ourselves Christians, how we uh, uh, live our lives on a daily basis and we never engage in the book. I mean, maybe for a few minutes on Sunday. I mean, I mean, if you really love somebody and you really have a relationship with somebody, what if you only heard their voice on Sunday? What if, what if the only interaction you had was on Sunday between 11 and 1 and that was it? That's not, that's not a close relationship. <laughs> And so what I want to remind you, Harvest, tonight, if we're going to grow, if we're going to change, if we're going to become all that God wants us to be, if we're going to begin to do what God wants us to do, we have to have a regular engagement with the B-I-B-L-E. I often tell people a dusty Bible will always lead to a dirty life. If your Bible is dusty, your life is probably dirty. Because this book, the Bible, will keep us from sin or sin will keep us from this book. And I got to thinking recently, Pastor, Pastor, I got to thinking recently, what if, what if we as Christians treated our Bibles like we treat our cell phones? Oh, God. If we, if we treat it 
the Bible like we treat our cell phones. Oh my goodness, we would be strolling through this thing 5, 10, 15, 20 times a day for no reason. Just scroll, just scroll. I mean, every every like three minutes, we would just, we just pick it up, just, just scroll, just pick it up and scroll, just, just scroll through it, just for no for, for no purpose. We just get, we just get it. It's just good, it's good, it's good. And if we treated the Bible like we treated our cell phones, every time we would go to the bathroom, guess what we would take? I mean, we would be sitting on the toilet just scrolling. And just, Just scrolling through it just like that. Right? If we treated the Bible like we treat our cell phones, it will always be with us. No matter what. The first thing we would grab in the morning would be the Bible. I would dare say some of us would sleep with it right under our pillow. Right there. If we lost it, if we misplaced it, ah, 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 we would start talking Korean real fast. Ah, it was mama, where's my phone? Where's my phone? I can't find my Where's my Bible? We would be upset. We lost it. If we treated the Bible like we treat our cell phones, we'd be taking selfies <laughs> in the bathroom. We'll just be snapping. If we treated the Bible like we treated the cell phone, cell phone, we just snapping pictures of strangers real quick and just posting them real quick. You know, you know. We treated the Bible like we treated the cell phone. We would be so close to God. Would you say Amen? Family, I just want to remind you tonight. Before technology, before internet, cell phones, you know what Christians did? Read the word. Family, this is not deep. I haven't come with some deep, deep message to, to, to get us refocused. It's basic. Get in the word. God wants to talk to you. He has some things to say to you. And the way that he says it is through the book. And the more you read the book, the more you get into the book, the more you study the book, the more you memorize the book, the more you're going to know. Isn't it amazing that we know the words of Katy Perry? We know the words of Taylor Swift. We know the words of Justin Bieber. We know the words of Justin Timberlake. We know the words of Sean Carter, Jay-Z, Holy Grail. We know all the words of the songs of the people in the world. We don't know the word, God. We can quote, recite the words of Rihanna and Beyonce, Chris Brown and ASAP Rocky and Lady Goo Goo Gaga. But we cannot communicate what thus saith the Lord. I read something recently that said American households have more televisions than toilets. 
in American households, we have more televisions than toilets. We got more crap coming in. <laughs> and we got going out. Hello. <laughs> Seriously. And one of the things that's keeping us from reading the Bible is our television. Because <laughs> we want to get connected to people on TV and and, and, and we want to get connected to Wi-Fi and, and we want to connect with the world. God says, I'm jealous. I love you. I want a relationship with you. I want you to connect with me. And every day you go by and you don't pick up the book and you don't quiet yourself and get in a quiet place. I want to talk to you. I love you. I've made you in my image. I've made you in my likeness. I have some instructions for you. I want to give you guidance. I, I want to show you the direction to go. I want to give you wisdom. I want to encourage you. You're depressed. I want to fill you up with my truth and your word, but you keep neglecting it. You're always on the go. He says, I want you to slow down. And make time for my word. It's not just about our worship. It's about the word. We can sing. But can we hear and respond? It's not, it's not, it's not how we feel when we worship. It's what do we know? And we're raising a generation that's illiterate biblically. We got Christians who are illiterate when it comes to the truth of God's word. We know more about the world. We know more about the apps we play. We know more about the connections we have on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. But we, we, are, we are illiterate. And no wonder there's so much false teaching and so much false doctrine and we just believe anything because we don't know what the book says. And God, I believe, has sent me here to remind you and to challenge you to get back to his word. To get Back to a place where this book becomes prominent and preeminent in our lives. Let me go show you something here. Matthew 4, 4. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus says these words, powerful words from Jesus. Can we read them together? Let's read the words of Jesus together. All together. Man shall not live. A females only, females only. Let's read it together. Okay, come on, fellas. Come on, fellas, in that deep Korean voice. Come on, that deep <laughs> Korean voice. Here we go. Jesus is teaching us that physical food Bread alone is not enough. Man 
cannot be sustained by mere physical food only. In addition to physical food, he needs some spiritual food to sustain him. Right? If he was writing this to Koreans, he would say, man shall not live by kimchi alone. Right? What's that sweet beef we had tonight for now? What's that called? What's it called? Exactly. Man, man shall not live by exactly alone. <laughs> alone. But by what? Every word that comes from God. You see, that's why I believe that if if we lifted the Bible like we lift burgers if, if we open the Bible like we open our refrigerators three, four, five times a day come on come on am I right about it Man cannot be sustained by bread alone. He needs more. He needs the words that come from God. And this is why many of you in this room are physically fit, but spiritually inept. You are physically fit, but spiritually malnutritioned. I was talking to a young girl recently who's dealing with a eating disorder, anorexia. She, she's bulimic. She, she eats food and she vomits it. She wants to stay skinny. And so it's an eating disorder. And so she's malnutrition. She's skinny because she has this eating disorder. And I got to thinking, boy, she's not the only one that has an eating disorder. Some of us in this room have a spiritual eating disorder. We, we don't eat this. We don't eat the book. We don't eat his words. We don't eat his truth. We don't drink of his truth and of his mercy and of his love. And as a result, we're starving. And then you get really hungry. You start eating junk food. That doesn't help. You know, a quick sermon here, you know, a minute with God here and two minutes with Jesus there. What's that going to do? What if you only ate physical food one day a week? On Sundays. One day. What will happen to you on Monday? You'll be so hungry. Tuesday, oh, starving. Wednesday, start to shake. Thursday, you want to eat people. <laughs> Friday, it's like, oh, MG. Saturday, oh. Sunday, oh, I can't wait to eat. 
If you went one week without eating physical food, you, 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 when I get hungry, I get mad. I get, I don't talk to me. Where's the food? Let's sit and eat. Let's sit and talk and eat to get time. But isn't that what we do every week? We come to church and our pastor feeds us a spiritual meal. We say, thank you. We say, amen. We, we, we put a little orphan in the basket. We burp and leave. And for some of you, seriously, you don't eat no more. No more. So it's no wonder that we're dealing with the sins in our lives. It's no wonder we cannot overcome the issues of life because we're malnutrition. We're we're starving. We're hungry. We got hunger pains, but sometimes it's not physical, it's spiritual. And what God wants to do is use this book to give us nourishment. You know, the more and more I think about God's word, the Bible, the more I think about this book, this book is like a first aid kit. You get wounded, you get beat up, you get busted up. You come to this book, you can get some healing. (laughs) The Bible is like a first aid kit. The Bible's like a map. It's like a GPS system, right? You get lost. You don't know where you're going. You're, you're, You're somewhere, you don't know where you are. What's going on? Where am I? You come to the GPS system. It gives you guidance. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path, (laughs) right? It's like a GPS system. When I think about the Bible, I think about the fact that it's like a a mirror. (laughs) We look into it and we see a reflection. (laughs) You heard what Justin said. It's like you're my mirror. Uh Uh-oh. My mirror's staring back at me. I'm a preacher, not a singer. Anyway, it's a mirror. We open it up. We look into it. It shows us, okay, there's issues. If you close it and go forward, you're going to be embarrassed. If you wake up in the morning, you got, you know, coal in your eyes and boogers on your face and sleep on your mouth. You look in the mirror and the mirror say, okay, change it. And you say, well, I don't don't care. And you go to school, you're going to be embarrassed. They look at you and say, ew. Fix up your stuff, right? The Bible's a mirror. We look into it. God speaks. We see things in our lives that we got to make adjustments. That's why the Bible says be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. Don't just listen to sermons. So what? You came to church and got a sermon from the pastor. Okay, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to put it in practice? Are you going to apply? Is this making sense tonight? Is this making sense? It's a mirror. We got to do something about it. My little girls, I have an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old. And several years ago, they used to watch this little girl on TV called Dora the Explorer. Have y'all heard of her? She's not Korean. She's like Hispanic, like Latino, I think, Puerto Rican or something. She's what? She's what? She's Mexican. Oh, right. Whatever. She's annoying. Oh, she's annoying. Okay. That too. And so 
But whenever she would get lost, she would start to sing. If there's a place you got to go, I'm the one you need to know. I'm the. Now you watched it. I, know. I knew you watched it. I knew you. I'm the map. I'm the map. If there's a place you got to get. Whenever she got lost, she needed to get the map. Never she didn't know where to go. Diego, what do we do? Get the map. How many of us get lost in our lives and lost in our relationship and lost, lost in God? We need a map. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. He will make your path straight. See, that's why we got to get back to this. Some of you got a hundred dollar pair of tennis shoes and no Bible. You got a fifty dollar Xbox game and no Bible. PS3, no Bible. We can sit and play games all day and go to levels in Madden. And can't go to new levels spiritually. Don't even have the power to fight off temptation. And to resist the devil. Church, what I'm simply saying tonight is that we got to get back to the book. It starts with the book. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Look at this next verse here. Look at this next verse. 1 Peter 2.2. 1 Peter 2.2. Let's read it together. Desire God's pure word as newborn babies desire milk, then you will grow in your salvation. Let's read it one more time. Desire God's pure word as newborn babies desire milk, then you will grow in your salvation. I brought a little, a little baby with me. It's a little baby. It's a little baby there, you see it? Little baby. little baby you know babies I've raised five I've raised five children so I know a little bit about babies and one thing I know about babies and those of y'all who have oh look at it look, look at it get a battery. I put a battery in it look at it it's so real this is no miracle y'all this is battery smoke <laughs> I don't say wow Pastor Sean has power. No, it's just the battery. <laughs> so, this is it. Okay, that's it. Go on. Thank you, Bert. Yeah, you hear her? She's sleeping now. You see? Yeah, I love it. And so, and so I've raised babies. I've raised babies. And and let me tell you something about babies. Let me tell you something about babies. And moms, moms, you know what I'm talking about if you have a child. They don't care what time of day it is what time of night it is, when they ready to eat, they're going to let the world know. Wah, 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 feed me, woman. <laughs> you know, right? They're going to tell you. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Wah, wah, get on over here and bring me those breasts and feed me. Breastfeeding, is that? That's good. Okay, anyway. Okay, <laughs> okay all right. So... Okay, and so and so, you know, you know, mom, you can be in a, you can be in a grocery store. 
know, you got to go find a spot to feed the baby. You know, it's normal. It's natural. Well, look at what the verse says. You see the verse? The Bible says, desire God's pure word as newborn babies desire milk. The same way that a baby needs milk, you need the word. The same way that a baby, eh, 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 You see, our souls crying. Our souls are crying. And instead of grabbing the Bible, we grab a red box. Our souls are hungry. And instead of grabbing the Bible, we get a DVD. We get a movie. We download an app. And we're, we're, we're going Instagram. And we, we're looking on Facebook. And our souls are crying. And God says, no, you don't, need, you don't need a like on your status. You need my word. You don't need a tweet. You need my word. Because <laughs> I want to say something to you. Your soul, your soul is hungry. Your soul is parched. Your soul is thirsty. You're malnutritioned. And you go get your social media fix. And it never satisfies. And that's why I applaud that young, that young person that in- inboxed me recently and said, Pastor Sean, you won't see me on social media for a while. I said, where are you going? She's, this, this young person said, he said, I'm getting on Facebook for a while. I want to spend that time I would spend on Facebook with God. I said, wow. Wow. We're connected to people. We're connected to Wi-Fi. And we're disconnected from God. We're so connected to our apps. Connected to angry birds. So connected. We spent hours trying to get the bird over the, the, the box. Farm, Farmville. People sending me stuff. All come, come play this with. No, read your Bible today. <laughs> we read the Bible. Something says if I want somebody send me something, something says has invited you to read the scriptures for an hour. I don't get those messages. And play this game and play that game and play this game and play that game. And we're playing games. No wonder the devil's winning. No wonder there's sin in our lives. No wonder we don't know the will of God. No wonder people are, are, are losing their minds. No wonder our light is not shining. No wonder nobody's getting saved. No wonder we're not seeing miracles and the power of God falling down. Because we're playing games. And church, I've come here to tell you that God is saying you got to get back to the book because he wants to do something so powerful and so supernatural. And this is the instructions that we need. Need the instructions. This is how he gives it. So many people are confused. 
come to me and say, Pastor Sean, what's God's will for my life? I don't know. Are you kidding me? I'm trying to figure out his will for my life. And I'm supposed to know yours too? It's too much work. Have you read the Bible? Start in Genesis. 66 books. Take a year. You'll figure it out. <laughs> right? See, we want these quick fixes. We want this speed. Hurry up. No, you got to be patient. Patiently study the scriptures. Word by word, verse by verse, book by book, chapter by chapter, line upon line, precept upon precept. It's amazing when we sit down to read the word, how if you're patient enough, you can fight off the sleep. If you can fight off, if you can fight off the distract. Oh, she's laughing. This is a- I threw her down and she's laughing at me. That is so demonic. That is that is so demonic right there. What is going on? <laughs> oh my goodness. And so it's amazing how when you when you patiently get through the uncomfortableness, the I don't understand and what is this about and what's that about? And you can get through all of that. Let, 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 me, let me show you a picture. I got a picture up there of my wife. I think about that's that's my smoking hot wife right there. I, I'm I'm ready to go home right now. I'm, that's my wife. I met my wife in middle school. Uh, next month, October one, we will be married for 19 years. <laughs> I got socks older than some of you in this room. What you talking about? So we've been married for 19 years. It's interesting. I fell in love, Pastor D.L., I fell in love with Michelle, not just because of her outward beauty. I fell in love with her because we spent a lot of time together. And the more time I spent with her, the more I got to know her, the more I understood her the more my love for her grew. And family, can I tell you that that's how it is with God? The more time we spend with him, the more time we carve out to say, I'm just going to sit and just get to know what God is saying. You, you can't fall in love with somebody by accident. You can't fall in love with somebody if you only give them five minutes a day. It doesn't work like that. Five minutes a day. No, no, no. I would see her every day of the week. We would go out. My wife taught me how to fish. She taught me how to fish because her father used to take her fishing all the time. She showed me how to take a fish off the off the hook. I'm like, oh, she's like, come on here, boy. (laughs) Told you, black man. (laughs) Come on. To know how to take a fish off a hook. <laughs> and the more time we spent together and the more conversations we had. And back in those days, we didn't have texting. We didn't have cell phones. I would write her letters. She would write me letters. I would, I would get her letter and smell it. 
because it smelled like her. And I would just look at her words. I was, what she meant by that? What was she saying? What was she saying? What she talking about me? And the more I would just look at her letters and read her letters and hold on to her letters, I connected. Can I tell you, it's the same way with the Lord. This is his letters. Letters. It's his love. It's his love letter. 66 books. He's trying to say, I got a message for you from Genesis to Revelation. I, I want you to know me. I want to know you. And if you spend time here, you'll get to know me real soon. Not in a day. Not in a week. Relationships take time to build. Can I tell you, youngster, something? I became a Christian at 17. At 17, I was a teenager. I, don't tell me it's hard living for the Lord. I, I know. But what helped me as a young person, I would read this book every single day. My friends, are you reading that book again? Yeah. Are you smoking that weed again? Sean, you always reading your Bible. What were they really saying? You always want to get close to God. You bet I do. See, the closer you get to God, the more humble you become. The more you realize how much you need him. How, how much you got to depend on him. You know, the, 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 more you, the more degrees you get, the more grades you go to, the more you you know how much you don't know, right? It's the same with the scriptures. We can never exhaust this book. This, 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 is, this is like dynamite. This, this word is powerful. It's sharp. It's, it's, it convicts us. It convinces us. It's, it's powerful. But it will have no effect. It's just sitting on a table in the house or sitting in the back of a window in a car. No, it won't have any effect. The effect comes when we read it and we begin to do it. Somebody say, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Okay, take my wife down before the guys start looking too hard. Go ahead, take, take her down. <laughs> take her, go, 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 go down. Go down some more. I read this quote, and I wanted to share it with you as I bring this plane in for landing. This quote, so powerful. This author said, often we stuff ourselves with the world and have no appetite left for God. Things like TV and movies and video games, surfing the internet, magazines, sports and hobbies aren't all that bad. But if we gorge on them, if we fill our minds and our time with those kinds of things, we won't have any room left for God. If we fill up on worldly junk, the sweetness of God's word will be lost on us. In fact, we might lose our taste for God altogether. Have you lost your taste for God? Have you lost your taste? Do you even, do you even desire to get into this book? If you don't, that simply means you've been filling up on junk food. What do you do? You got to go on a diet. You got to limit your intake of junk food. 
and, and I'm not I'm not I'm not talking about physical food. I'm talking about limit your intake of worldly junk that we put into our minds. And if you really listen to some of the language and some of the songs are in our iPod and MP3 players, and how much we how much junk we put in our mind from YouTube and some of these sites. It's like eating dessert before dinner. You lose your appetite. That's why the psalmist said, I will get up early in the morning and seek you. Late at night as I lay on my bed, I'll seek you. In fact, go to that, go to that next slide there. So yeah, there it is. I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. Even before I eat breakfast, the psalmist says, I'm feasting on your word. What if you made a commitment and said, if I don't read my Bible in the morning, I cannot eat breakfast. (laughs) Some of y'all be up at 4 (laughs) a.m. I dare you. I dare you. You cannot eat physical food until you eat spiritual food. I dare you. I I D-dog double dare you. No physical food before spiritual food. You put your Bible right there on your nightstand or right there next to your bed or right in the bathroom. You sit on the toilet. It's not sacrilegious. You sit it right there so that the first thing you get in the morning, put it over your phone. So you got to move it out the way to pick up your phone. Come on, I know how we are. Uh-huh. What'll happen? He said, one, just one chapter a day. That's what the psalmist says. I stay awake through the night, strolling through people's pictures. I stay awake through the night, retweeting words of the world. No. He says, when I'm laying in my bed at night, Thinking about your promises. I'm thinking about your promises. We got too many people in our lives. I know social media has its benefits. In some ways, I think it's become an idol. We're so concerned about what's happening in people's lives. I live, I live 20 minutes from the White House, and most people want to know what's happening in the White House. No, what's happening in your house? This is not in the White House. What's going on in your crib? He says, I'm laying awake at night thinking about your promises. There was one night not long ago, Pastor. I, I was I, I was I was struggling in my faith. I, I, I was I was believing God. I, I needed some specific miracles. I needed I needed God to to make some things happen. And, and I'm in the middle of the night, and I'm tossing, I'm turning, I'm struggling. And, and you know, normally, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, you you know, you toss, you turn. You know, for most of us, we'll just grab the remote or go to the refrigerator. I think God wakes us up in the middle of the night sometime because he wants to talk to us. It's not time to eat. 
I dare you. I dare, the next time that God wakes you up in the middle of the night and you can't sleep, I dare you to lay on your bed and look up to heaven and say, speak, Lord, I'm listening. God, what do you want to say to me? I'm, wi- I'm, wi- I'm wide awake. Yeah. yeah. You heard the song. Just, just, look, just look, look to heaven. Say, God, I'm listening. Speak to me. And I got up and I went down stairs to my this little room I have, little prayer area. And, and I probably, Pastor, I probably wrote 40, 40 verses on faith. Just, just wrote on three by five cards. Just because cause, cause that's what I didn't need food. I needed faith. I, 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 didn't, I didn't need a snack. I didn't need a, another news hit. I didn't need a red box. I needed some faith. I needed to believe God for some things. And I wrote down all those, as many verses I could find on faith. And I hung them on the wall. And I just pulled out faith, 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 faith. All these, so I can just fill my mind with faith. And I felt better. And I went to sleep. I slept like a baby. In fact, I overslept. <laughs> you know? But my soul, my soul was fed. You see, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi has a message for you. And then once you get those messages, you just go to the New Testament and read what Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, and James, and 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, and Revelation has a message for you. 66 books, 32,000 verses. You won't live long enough to get through all that. There's a message for you. And so what we have to do, look at this next verse. Look, look at this next slide here. I want to give you an action plan. I want to give you a challenge. And here's the challenge I believe is from the Lord for, for you, Harvest. Sunday is September 1. I want to give you a 30-day challenge beginning on Sunday. 30-day challenge beginning on Sunday. In fact, in fact, I want you to start it tomorrow. Saturday, tomorrow. August 31, I want you to read tomorrow Proverbs 31. Proverbs has 31 chapters. We're going to read through the book of Proverbs together in the month of September. So tomorrow's August 31. You're going to start with the last chapter, Proverbs 31. On Monday, Labor Day, September 1, guess what you're going to read? Proverbs, Proverbs what? No, no, no. no, no, no. Proverbs what? Chapter 1. We're just only reading 31 because September only has 30 days. Hello! So, so, okay, just start on Monday. Just start Monday. This is going to be confusing. Some of y'all will be in chapter 18 on Monday. No, Saturday, Proverbs 31. Just get that chapter out the way. 
And then on Monday, September 1, you're going to read what? Proverbs 1. Tuesday, September 2nd, you're going to read what? Wednesday. Okay, now, here's what I want you to do. When you read it, I want you to pick one verse. Pick one verse. If you're on social media, tweet it. Post it. Instagram, Instawrite, whatever the thing, Instawrite. Take a picture of it. Post that. I read Proverbs 1 today. I mean, we posting selfies. <laughs> and so I want us every day in the month of September to read at minimum. You can read more. There's, there's a lot to choose from, but minimum. One chapter of Proverbs a day based on the day of the week, okay? Now. Here's what'll happen. You'll read the whole book in one month, which which for some of you will be a great accomplishment. Yeah, that you've read one book of the Bible in a month. Oh, yeah. But 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 let me tell you what's going to happen because I've I've done this so many times. It typically takes about 21 days to form a new habit. It takes about 21 days to form a new habit. All right. By the 21st day, I promise you if, if you, if you listen to what Uncle Sean is saying, by the 21st day, if you don't read, you're going to feel funny. You're going to feel weird. Because by, tw- by, by, by three weeks, it's become a habit. And then guess what's going to happen when you finish Proverbs? You're going to have this desire to do more. When you get to 40 days, when you get to 40, once you finish Proverbs and then you read another 10 chapters, the number 40 in the Bible is a very powerful number. When you look at the number 40, whenever God wanted to do something that was just like big, real big, he took about 40 days. Noah, 40 days, 40 nights. Jesus was in the wilderness, 40 days, 40 nights. Moses was up on the mountain getting the commandments, 40 days. Anytime God wants to do something that's going to transform a lot of people, he always took about 40 days, 40 days. 40 days. We're going to start with 30. Then we're going to pick up 10. You got that? You got that? And we're going to see what God is going to do. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, if the worship team can come back up. Heavenly